For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, listeners, brave navigators of the enigmatic and the concealed. Have you ever felt the pull of the unanswered, the allure of the mysteries that shroud our existence? For more than a decade, a unique comic publisher has dared to dive into these mysteries, unafraid of the secrets they might uncover. This audacious entity is Paranoid American. Welcome to the mystifying universe of the Paranoid American podcast. Launched in the year 2012, Paranoid American has been on a mission to decipher the encrypted secrets of our world. From the unnerving enigma of MK Ultra mind control to the clandestine assemblies of secret societies. From the awe-inspiring frontiers of forbidden technology to the arcane patterns of occult symbols in our very own pop culture. They have committed to unveiling the concealed realities that lie just beneath the surface. Join us as we navigate these intricate landscapes, decoding the hidden scripts of our society and challenging the accepted perceptions of reality. Folks, I've got a big problem on my hands. There's a company called Paranoid American making all these funny memes and comics. Now, I'm a fair guy. I believe in free speech uh, as long as it doesn't cross the line. And if these AI-generated memes dare to make fun of me, they're crossing the line. This is your expedition into the realm of the extraordinary, the secret, the shrouded. Come with us as we sift through the world's grand mysteries, question the standardized narratives, and brave the cryptic labyrinth of the concealed truth. So strap yourselves in, broaden your horizons, and steel yourselves for a voyage into the enigmatic heart of the paranoid American podcast, where each story, every image, every revelation brings us one step closer to the elusive truth. You guys done it again. Up oh, here, here we go. You done it again. You tuned into the Paranoid American podcast. What the hell is wrong with you? Have you not been paying attention to any of the the warnings and the strikes and the bans? Uh, what lies ahead is not suitable for anybody. You shouldn't even be listening to this. But today we've got Slick Frank Sanders. He's up there in the window, peeking down, and we got Mystery Mike. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm having fun with the layouts lately, but <laughs> collectively known as the Hush Hush Society, and you guys make some interesting content. I think I came across you a ways back, and I saw you had put like a little YouTube skit together, and it was right up my alley, man. It hit like every note. You mentioned Jolly West right out of the gate, and I fell in love immediately. So it was almost love at first sight, but 
I want to let you guys give a chance to introduce yourselves, where people can find you, social media, uh, any any kind of like prods you're selling. Just shout it out now. We'll do it up front. Go ahead, Frank. <laughs> Word up. Well, uh, Mr. Paranoid American, we appreciate it a ton. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, yeah, Mike and I are part of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. You can find us at www.hushhushsociety.com. Uh, there you can find all of our socials. You can listen to all of our episodes on any major platforms that you listen to podcasts on. You just look up Hush Hush Society and you were surely to find us. And we cover conspiracies, mysteries, cryptids, science, uh, fringe science, uh, cults, a whole lot of different things. So if you're into uh, Paranoid American, you'll be into our show too. If if either of you guys had to join a cult, like they were all still going right now. They were all still looking for members. All which, under the umbrella? Everyone? Yeah, they're, they're all going. Which one would you join though? Like if you had to pick one. Oh, man. Oh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, it, barring the inevitable suicide or killing, well, yeah. Uh, let's say that you can slip out at like the last second. Like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna go grab grab a pack yeah. of smokes. And- it's definitely uh, it's Heaven's Gate. Then it's got to be Heaven's Gate. Really? Is it because of the decades? Gate, it's because the decades, right? Decades, yeah, it's the decades. It's- yeah, hell yeah. But uh, but see, you'd have to castrate yourself. That that's the whole <laughs> table for having well, a gate. You know, I mean, you know, Marshall wouldn't be cool with you if you were walking around with that alpha male appendage, just like telling yeah. everyone. You know what I mean? You would be just sticking out like back. a sore thumb, bro. <laughs> Let's just tuck you it think back. there were tuckers there? I don't oh, know. Yeah. There had to be a tucker. <laughs> there had to be at least one. What Duck happens when they get to the meteor and and they're like, or they get to the Hale Bob Comet, right? And they're like, welcome on. Whoa, 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 whoa. What you whoa, got whoa, whoa. down there? <laughs> What's that? What do you got there? <laughs> what, what about you, Slick? Would, it, would it be Heaven's Gate, too? No, I'm, I'm leaning towards Om Shinrikyu, uh, <laughs> however you pronounce it. I'm trying to watch anime and eat strips of acid. I mean, pre terrorist attacks obviously like if i could slip out at any moment it would be before the terrorist <laughs> attacks like when they were just doing cool basement stuff when there's first just like starting up the ar-15 factory right yeah 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 like right once they started getting those russian supply drops where they forced <laughs> everybody to put ak-74s together in basements that's about okay. when i would have slipped out Fair enough. I would have went with Nexium. That sounds like a pretty fun one. Like uh, you can oh, slip yeah. out at the last second. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to think about the sex cults. <laughs> well, in in my opinion, there's really not any cult that doesn't become a sex cult at some point. It feels like it's like an essential aspect of it. Almost every good cult I can think of had some kind of sex going on. Either having it or not having it. There's, yeah, there's I guess, yeah. Heaven's Gate is yeah. There's always perhaps. a rule. so uh when did you guys get started do you like do you guys know each other off the podcast and and decided to make one or like you know where did you first meet where did you two first meet (laughs) uh Uh, us two yeah um so us two met uh what was it the year 2000 so it's been 2000 the turn of the century Turn of the mm-hmm. century. We've known each other for quite a while. Uh, Quarter century, yeah. Yeah, so a uh, little secret, all right, just for you and your listeners. A little secret. Keep it on the low. 
me and Frank are actually brothers. Ah, they all know now. Now they all know. Don't let it, don't let it out. Don't tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Dave, uh, he's been my best friend for a lot, a lot of years. And um, I was doing a podcast prior to this about movies and my co-host kind of ducked out for personal reasons. Dave jumped on for a couple episodes and he said, you know, I could be your new host. And I said, you know what? Let's just start something new. Let's get into what we really like and what we're into. I don't want to force you to do something that you're not into and kind of jump into a project that's already going. So uh, we threw some ideas back and forth about what we wanted to do. It was kind of obvious, you know, it started off with aliens. Like that's just like basic base. Um, And then from there it was just, all right, conspiracies. And then from there it just grew and grew and grew. And uh, we went to Frank and said, Hey, you know, you ready to do this? You want to jump in? We, we're going to have a third and it's going to be a big thing. And from there, it just flourished. It's been, uh, we're coming up on our three-year anniversary. He was telling me that before we started, you're around like 150 episodes or so. Yeah, all included. Uh, we do uh, debriefings, which are just, you know, we get into topics. Then we have uh, declassified discussions, which we do interviews. And Cryptid Chronicles, where we just, it's kind of a themed uh, episode where we pretend that we're around a campfire and we're talking about cryptids. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a Cryptid uh, Chronicles, usually because we bring on other podcasters to do it. So... But yeah, all in all, there's a lot of content. And then we have like Patreon stuff. So it's hours and hours and hours. Tell me you've done a nematode cryptid episode. No, no. <laughs> we got into though. Nematode and Quail Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> get into it. That would be good. So you said that you started out doing alien stuff. Was that just because you guys were already interested and or believe in aliens? Or was it just like a hot topic? uh it wasn't it wasn't that the so the podcast had not started this was still in like the brainstorming idea phase where we were trying to figure out what the show was going to become um so i I think aliens was just like the easy step towards everything else that we would want to cover at that point so is this like an ancient aliens approach like do you guys basically believe in the Zechariah Sitchin sort of, you know, we're here to mine resources for aliens approach, or do you have like any specific views on it? It's changed so much over the course of the past three years with all of the information that's come out and all of the research the three of us has done over the course of the show. Um, but going into it, yeah, that's, that's kind of what the thought process was, especially during the brainstorming phase, like Mike said, like the whole ancient aliens idea. And that just sort of, you know, dominoed, domino affected into other subjects. For lack of a better term, what's like the mainstream underground alien theory? Is it still Zechariah Sitchin or is like, have there been other big ones that have kind of taken effect? Two words or less. Uh, oh, <laughs> two words or less. Uh, <laughs> no, I. You know, I don't think that there's any major ones that have maybe taken over. Um, I do like the, the the kind of planet seeding idea. Uh, when we were talking about 
uh, when we were talking with Bruce Fenton, uh, who was deep into the knowledge of uh, our former DNA and ancient selves, he, you know, got us into the topic of talking about, you know, maybe out of Africa theory is not the predominant theory for where humans came from or where we were born uh, or where we spawned from, I should say. Uh, but the belief that there was some sort of ancient alien, for lack of a better term, uh, civilization that came here and just kind of dropped us off and said, all right, you know, do your thing, grow up. <laughs> so I, th- I'm kind of, I'm kind of into that theory. Uh, but as far as like disclosure and all the shit that's going on now, uh, a lot of me is just very, very skeptical of it and not really into the idea that there's a bunch of aliens floating around and just deciding to show themselves to us now. If you're, if you're one of the lucky ones with the, you know, you're cool enough if you get in the alien club and they show themselves to you. And the way that you mentioned seeding, it reminds me of the movie Prometheus where they just kind of like drop a little goo in the ocean and then zap away to some other solar system and millions of years go by and you know monkeys t- goo turns into monkeys turns into humans so where, monkeys where are you guys are on evolution if uh like if if you're somewhere on the alien stuff do you think that evolution's a big lie that darwin just kind of planted in there with his rockefeller homies or do you think there's something to it I mean, 80% of me believes that we're in a simulation, which kind of disregards evolution for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, But in regards of aliens, yeah, I I think we came out of the ocean and just kind of morphed up into two legs from monkeys. It's sort of, yeah, along the Darwinism line. How do like Anunnaki and Nephilim and and things like that fit into that sort of view? Is it mythology do you think that there was actually like some kind of greater beings on earth like way way back when or do you think they were just like hyped up over time um it i think there's a great possibility of otherworldly beings whether they be giants or other types of alien civilizations i think they might have shown themselves more often back then but then again, there's also the theory of like Mark Booth who talks about um, that maybe it wasn't aliens and that's the way that we interpret it now today with you know science fiction and movies and what we've been kind of fed for you know since the 1940s is that instead of it being aliens, that it is gods. It is multiple deities, and throughout time, we've lost the ability to commune with gods. Um, so in ancient cultures, we were closer to, to, to deities and gods. They visited us. They talked to us. They showed themselves, and then slowly but surely throughout the, the eons, they've disappeared. They've gone away, and they show themselves less and less and less. So I think it's, I'm more in that vein of like, maybe there is aliens, but maybe aliens are also, you know, gods. Maybe they're, they're deities. Maybe they are universal creators uh, that have kind of gone away, mostly because we lack the ability to see them or commune with them anymore. 
if Independence Day happens, are you like driving out of town? Or are you holding up the like welcome to Earth sign on the top of the building? Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I think as far as human nature goes, we're skeptical of things. I think you'd have to be kind of loony to look at it and go, these guys are our saviors. You know, they're here to take us away and they're here to save us. If anything, you know, I, I like, I like to use the metaphor of like, how often do you stop to help an ant? Like you see an ant on the ground and it's struggling. Maybe it's on its back. Maybe it's, you know, just trying to get over some crack in the road to bring its food back. How often do you pick that ant up and say, I'm going to help you? <laughs> Never. Never. And, and most of the time we're on completely different levels where you don't exist to us and we don't exist to you. And that's the way that it is. Uh, you said that you went from aliens and then started getting into conspiracy theories. Do you guys have like, you know, your, your MVP conspiracy theories, like your top threes? Like if you could go to a, a you know, a desert island, and you can only bring three conspiracy theories with you. <laughs> Dude, it, it was it was JFK, nine eleven, and Epstein. I don't think there's another answer. I think that was it. Those were like the three heavy hitters that we knew we wanted to get into. Like when we opened up the show, mm. I think M- MK Ultra is up there too. That's probably like yeah. tied tied for third for sure. Oh, so low, ranked so damn low. I mean, so those are those are really good ones. How old were you guys when 9-11 happened? <laughs> Frank, how old were you? Uh, one? I was yeah, I was one. Okay. I was shitting my <laughs> pants watching Sesame Street and eating applesauce. So I'm uh, I'm curious, man. Like, what was it like growing? Like, did you have, you know, a pop quiz at some point in like 10th grade? And it was like you know, what was the day that, you know, September 11th or I don't know, because because it happened after I was well out of school. I was in the military when 9-11 actually had happened. But I kind of I didn't experience growing up in like a post 9-11 sort of environment. And I'm just like, did it, it's apparently it had a huge effect if it makes your top three. Um, yeah, growing up, no, we, we didn't really learn about it in school all too much. I remember watching this documentary when I was maybe seven or eight. And that's sort of when I like really learned about nine 11 and I watched the documentary maybe like two or three times. Cause I thought it was just like so crazy, uh, in the sunroom in my mom's, in my mom's house was this like loose two change? or three. I, I don't I don't remember exactly which one it was. I couldn't tell you. Like, like I said, I was I was a child, but it was this one documentary that I watched probably three times over the span of like a month or two. Um, yeah, school school there wasn't really curriculum on nine eleven, especially growing up. I don't know. It was weird. That's what was <laughs> never on forget except for school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it's an interesting one for me because I wasn't even told about it while I was in the military. I was in training and they didn't want to disrupt our training. So I kind of like went in not knowing about 9-11 and coming out, like hearing about it sort of third hand, but never going through the the national bonding and like the basically the, the trauma programming, right? Like you guys also skipped that. You kind of skipped the trauma programming too, it sounds like. Oh, no, I was deep in it. 
<laughs> that shit happened when I was in high school. So okay. I was a I was a junior in high school when that happened, and I remember, I mean, vividly what happened. Uh, it's like that whole uh, kids running down the hall type of thing. Then it was being shoved into a singular classroom with like 80 other kids and they're rolling in a TV, you know, the TV on the cart and, uh, and showing it live. And like, I remember seeing the, the second plane hit and it was a whole thing. Um, and it was kind of a weird like situation following that because it was, all right, we're going back to school. Everybody go to your classes and every class after that was like, I know what we witnessed this morning, you know, if anybody wants to talk about it. So it was kind of like this weird um, kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, almost like a like a spill your guts type of thing for the rest of the day, you know, talk to you, talk to your friends and talk to us and mental health day for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of one of those things, but it was very, very weird. It was very weird. Um, I know people that uh, had friends that died there and, and, you know, because we're in close proximity, we're in Connecticut. So it's like hop, skip and a jump. Uh, You know, some people that, that we know worked over there, you know, friends of family and whatever else. So it was kind of like this weird day of holding your breath to see like what shakes out and who was affected. Um, but yeah, every, every day after that was, you know, the post, the post nine 11 world just became this craziness of like, Oh, every other day you're worried about a, a shoe bomber. You're worried about, you know, more planes being taken over. You're worried about, you know, what's, what's the next hit going to be. And then the, the worst part about it, I think, was the one-year anniversary of it. So the one-year anniversary of it, of course, everybody's having these remembrances and, and things like that, but there was this heavy cloud of uh, just kind of fear and like this feeling of like doom because you didn't know if it was like the first year now what's going to happen is there going to be copycats is there going to be another attack on that day is there going to be you know like you you had no idea where were you at conspiracy theory wise at this point were you following the the official narrative as you know the real one or did you already have like a, a suspicion against the government at this point um you know that the it wasn't deep seated the 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 conspiracy part of my brain mostly because you know i'm like 18 years old all i'm thinking about is fucking girls at that point <laughs> you know like i i'm i'm working you know at, at that time i'm i'm 18 years old i'm working at a porn shop of all things so like that was so far out of my mind at that time i my conspiracy self didn't really like come to fruition until like my late 20s uh just because of everything going on but I think that's really when it when it took off is like late twenties, just everything was question, question, question. So did one of you start questioning nine eleven before the other one? And did you guys like try to convince each other? Was it around like the same time? Like I'm curious how that happened because some families, you know, brothers are completely different and other ones, you know, sometimes they're just like always on the same page. So I guess you, you lucked out that neither of you thinks the other one's just like an absolute, you know, uh, QAnon whack ball, right? 
Um, Luckily, it wasn't uh, one trying to convince the other. We we had this common relative being our mother's brother, who we we both grew up having this dude like shouting conspiracy theories. Hell yeah, ears. Uncle Alex Jones, right? <laughs> yeah, Uncle Alex Jones is right. Like I, I remember, um, it was probably like my eleventh or twelfth birthday. I know it was one of my birthdays growing up. And this dude was telling me that the the planes that hit the World Trade Centers were holograms. And I'm sure he told Mike similar things as he was growing up. So, I mean, I, I couldn't say one of us believed it before the other, but we, we had both had somebody telling us this, like, as we were, you know, maturing. Where are you at on the hologram theory? I don't think it's unrealistic, personally. I don't think well, I mean, if, if there's an 80% chance we're in a simulation, then anything's possible, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. It's a fun and it's all holograms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. I mean, there's only a 20% chance that we're not holograms. I mean, that's still a decent chunk of percentage. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like the metric. So, uh, what was uh, Mike? You said late 20s, you started getting hotter into it. Was it like a specific thing? Clearly, it wasn't 9 11 in particular that sold you right so was it like epstein or was it you know what was it because i I don't even remember anything that really happened between then i know you know other than my my more mature brain kind of looking at things other than partying and all that other bs was there like a Um, book or a documentary or like a talk or anything no and in all honesty it was that it was that relative you know because i i grew up with him doing the same type of thing. I mean, he was, a, he was a wild, wild man, um, substance abuse type of person, but realistically, like still absolutely lovable and like greatest person. I'm actually named after him. So, um, but at some point, you know, I just kind of start listening to him, you know, you, you, you mature more and you, and you become kind of like able to hold a conversation with someone on that level and he starts talking about this and he starts talking about that. I don't know that there was any like defining moment. I think it was just, hey, you've been saying this for a long time. I'm wondering why you're saying this. And then starting to look into it. And um, yeah, from there, it just kind of grew. So, I mean, realistically, I think we can all, uh, we, we can thank Uncle Mike for uh starting the hush hush society <laughs> if uncle mike had just listened listened to like rush limbaugh that entire time and not <laughs> alex jones or william Koo, would you guys be at like cpac this year <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good question uh, possibly possibly yeah so so it was like just his mike's influence in particular that really was like man i this guy's been such an influence in my life if he really believes this is there anything that Mike has ever told you that you were like, all right, man, that's a little bit, that's a little bit farther than I'm willing to go with you. There's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of little things here and there. Mostly as a things. Yeah. I think it's more, uh, the funny thing is I think it's more kind of jumped up since COVID. Uh, so since like 2020, he's like, he's dove head first into nonstop bit shoot videos. And I mean, he sends, he sends video links 
every other day. And Hell I love yeah, it. Man. I appreciate he's it. He's out there it's, digging it's through the the ruins, man. That's what we oh, need yeah. right now. Yeah. He's he sent me he sent me like five hour documentaries. He's like, This is <laughs> this is how you're gonna find out that Israel was behind nine eleven and it's gonna be great and you're <laughs> and you're gonna see things totally different. Um yeah, he's he's he dives deep into it, man, and I and I appreciate it. But he is he's like a rapid fire person, you know. Like he'll, like I said, every other day he'll send you something, and I just can't keep track of everything. Realistically, have you guys ever had him on one of your podcasts? We've talked about it. We should. We definitely should. <laughs> it sounds like you should, man. This is like the the DNA where it came from, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be one of those things that we could not put on YouTube uh, just for the things that he would say. But yeah, uh, we have definitely talked about it with like a declassified discussions of just like talking to him. So it's been it's been a thought. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm wondering, too, that if there's any that you guys have tried to sell him on and he was like, nah, but it almost sounds like he was he's would be receptive to anything that you guys would be receptive to, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he would be. He typically takes the reins, but if we pitched him something, he'd probably go along with it. <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely vote for getting, you know, Mike on for, for one of those episodes, man. That, that could be a crazy one. We'll, we'll bring him on alcohol here. alcohol involved. All right, that'll be awesome. Oh, yeah. We'll bring him on, we'll bring him on Paranoid American. <laughs> so, so um, you, you mentioned, too, he was a little bit of a wild man, some substance uh, usage. And I wanted to see if you guys were open to doing some PCP with me tonight. And if you both look under your chairs, <gasps> go ahead. No, no way. <laughs> I thought I heard somebody in my office earlier. So I, I've got a little a little fun segment that I'm calling <laughs> the PCP segment, the, the paranormal conspiracy probe. And uh, I want to probe <laughs> both of you guys. And it's going to be it, somewhere, between, somewhere between a zero and a ten. So if I if I probe you and you feel like a zero, that's like, okay, I don't believe that. It's a psyop, you know, space isn't real. And then if it's a 10, you're all in. You know, it's like there's conclusive proof. I'll die on this hill. I'll argue with someone over it. And if you're on the fence and could lean either way or you don't care, it's kind of like a five. Right? Simple enough, like a zero to 10 rating. Totally so good. since there's two of you, I'll let you both kind of like answer. I don't know if you each have like your own numbers or if you want to like come together and no, form we're like have a our consensus. Own numbers. Okay. Yeah, All right. You guys ready? We're just going to rapid fire like 10 to 15 of these just so Let's I can see where our bearings are at. Is Bigfoot real? Nine. Yeah, I'm around there. Eight. Eight. All right. Are reptilians real? Specifically reptilian shapeshifters. Six. I'm also at an eight. Okay. Did we ever land on the moon? Zero. <laughs> Fucking one. Yeah. Is the moon even real? Zero. <sighs> it's like a seven. I think the moon is real. Yes. There's no proof, but go on. <laughs> is, is the world flat? One. <laughs> so it's not flat. world is not flat. The world's not flat. Yeah, I'm at a zero. <laughs> okay okay uh i'm actually happy to hear some of those yeah celebrity yeah, i can't, I can't wait real. oh yeah uh, seven yeah it's seven also yeah uh is magic real nine uh, yeah nine or ten easily uh does do freemasons still run the world today 
Nine. Six. A ghost reel. Ten. We're not getting into what they are. So, yeah, uh, 10. Are dinosaurs real? Three. Dude, I'm at like a one with that. Honestly. Wow. Okay. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into <laughs> is the Mandela effect proof of an alternate realm slash timeline? 45. <laughs> I'm at like a five on that, honestly. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, do giants still exist today somewhere in the world? Like legit, not just like a tall, you know, Asian dude. <laughs> Does that include underground? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It includes underground, specifically underground. Eight, seven. Yeah. Do you think the Montauk project and the research by Preston B. Nichols and his Delta T antenna is real? Ten. Yeah, that's that's like a nine. And how much do you trust cryptocurrency on a scale from one to ten? <laughs> Zero. Now that the government is in it, zero. All right. So I want to go directly to dinosaurs. This is one of my favorite <laughs> topics. And I'm not here to debate or sell any ideas. If anything, I grew up with Land Before Time and I grew up with dinosaurs being like the coolest thing next to robots or G.I. Yeah. Joe's, right? Dinosaur like show. dinosaurs were the shit, bro. Dinosaur mm -hmm. show. Like I, I can't even tell you how badass dinosaurs are to me still. I still like think they're the coolest things ever. You know what I mean? And I've mm -hmm. been to the National uh, History Museum and I've seen the huge T-Rexes and, and all of that. So I understand that there's some of the criticisms are like, well, a Stegosaurus wasn't actually looked that way. And sometimes they arrange stuff. And I also understand the aspect of you might have a century of scientists and people that have named things after themselves. And nobody wants to give up all those those credentials that they feel they've earned or the legacies or whatever right so what's the fucking deal with dinosaurs then man are they are the bones all fake are the bones real but they're just like assembling them and calling it something else like why are you guys at so low on dino what was it like a zero and a three <laughs> yeah yeah um i'm actually really glad you're getting into this so i was actually on the dinosaurs aren't real round table uh, very recently, we recorded that. And this is all very fresh in my mind. So I'm just going to throw it out there that paleontology is strictly hypothetical. The entire science of paleontology is hypothetical. There has never been an entire dinosaur skeleton ever found whole, all the bones intact, ever. All of it is hypothesis. It's all renderings of what this animal could have been based off of a jawbone and a femur bone and a couple of teeth and maybe a toe bone. And that's why you see these new renders of uh, Tyrannosaurus rexes every couple of years. Well, it had feathers and it was purple and actually it was eight feet shorter than we thought before. And you're going to continue to see that for the next who knows how long. Um, not only that, but yeah, all of the dinosaur bones you've ever seen in any museum ever are plaster casts. None of those are real bones. Well, okay, so are the were the casts also fake then? Because I guess in some cases the bone itself might not be real because the bone doesn't exist anymore if it wasn't petrified and all that's left is like the negative impression of 
where the bone used to be. So I guess in that in that regard, yeah, a lot of the bones are not real at all. And even the fragments are kind of like displaced, petrified little chunks that they then sort of assume, okay, that's where this thing went. So do you think it was just like a ball that got out of control? Like one dude was like, hey, I'm going to say that this chunk of, you know, rock right here or, or, you know, this calcium deposit was part of a big 80 foot gigantic, you know, leather demon. Think about it this way. It's like if you did find a random bone or like you said, a calcium deposit and you had no other explanation for it, it's the early 1800s. What the hell do you know? Like, what is your first go to? Is it going to be, you know, you make some shit up in your head? Well, it had to be this giant lizard that ex- that existed millions right of years up, step ago. Step right yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 almost a snake salesman type of thing, realistically. And if, you know, there's an entire background to like the history museums and what they're what they're touting as dinosaur bone and uh the science behind it, it's I don't know. It's kind of weird. So what, what's the difference to you, Mike, between a zero and a three? Because it, sound, it sounds like Slick is like, fuck dinosaurs. They're fake as hell. And you're like, yeah, they might be pretty fake. I'm kind of sure they're fake. But I'm just curious, like, what what are you missing for you to just go all out and be like zero? I'll die on that hill. Um, I do. I do believe that creatures existed. I mean, obviously, that's that's that goes without saying. Um, you know, there are footprints, there are you know things that are found, so you can't deny that there is some sort of creature that did exist. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of stuck on that. But as far as them being maybe these massive reptilian animals, maybe they're you know, and especially like the descendants of birds uh i don't know i can't bridge that gap realistically but there so there both, definitely was some sort of creature that existed you both rated bigfoot very high so i'm curious <laughs> why why is there such a gap between dinosaurs and bigfoot is it just that the establishment says there's dinosaurs so you're like fuck the establishment dinosaurs are fake and that they say that Bigfoot isn't real. So you're like, Bigfoot's got to be real. Is it? <laughs> is it just like, uh, you know, I'm not going to do what you tell me thing? Or is, is there something behind wanting, like actually believing Bigfoot more than dinosaurs? Subconsciously, yeah, it's probably a government thing. There's like um, some rage going on back of the yeah, head. Yeah, yeah probably. But looking at dinosaurs, there's this huge amount of money that's made behind dinosaurs. Uh, when you look at the term fossil fuels that's been coined since like the early 1900s, people believed that these are dinosaur bones and there's a limited amount of them. And that's our oil. That's how our cars are running. And So you had the oil industry backed off of dinosaurs. You've got media backed off of dinosaurs with, like you said, the land before time, Jurassic Park, and we can go on and on about dinosaur media. Um, and then just the entire like boys children culture of dinosaur toys dinosaur pajamas dinosaur tapestries there's a lot of money to be made behind dinosaurs and i guess you could say the same about bigfoot Uh, harry and the hendersons it was a big pretty big movie yeah for sure for sure but 
with Bigfoot, just the, the fact that there's like not definitive evidence, but just that lingering to it, just sort of like aliens. I don't know. It, it, it makes it almost more believable. It's weird. It's hard to explain. It's hard to put into words. If they started going through museums and they're like, we're dismantling all the dinosaur exhibits. We're sorry. Dinosaurs aren't real. Would then would you be like, wait a minute, maybe dinosaurs were real? No, because then you have this whole entire field of science that's been a sham for, you know, 200 years. So where are you guys at on Tartaria? And like, uh, like specifically, okay, let me, let me give you two different avenues because Tartaria is very broad. Do you think that the mud, mud flood is legit that like ancient civilizations were wiped away either through what like the, the land rising and sweeping it away, or I guess like high tech lasers melting mountains and turning people into mountains and stuff. But, <laughs> but where you are on, on that aspect of Tartaria? Uh, there's some good evidence for mud floods, but there's also a lot of evidence against it. Um, you know, a lot of the, pictures or evidence that exists out there for mud floods shows uh oh there was this city that's under here and look we've uncovered it and realistically like a lot of that is uh either underground cities because of elevation change uh where new cities are built on top of old cities uh old infrastructure that people are taking pictures of and showing as an old city that was covered in mud um, or uh, just in general, just just stuff that people don't understand, like entire sewer systems. Uh, A lot of the pictures, like we we cover Tartaria. We talked about Tartaria um, and it was very photo heavy uh, episode for us. But a lot of the photos that popped up as far as the proof of mud flood is... I don't know, like not on a world scale. Like if there was some sort of mud flood, it was very uh, locational, like very just hold on one second. (laughs) I also Uh, feel like we just barely scratched the surface. Like while, while the evidence, yeah, the evidence was scarce, not really, but, like you said, locational, but the the people that are like heavy into Tartaria and hidden history and the mud floods, they're years and years and years deep into research. And we, we research for a couple of weeks on that subject. So it's hard to say. Like you said, it's so broad. It's so vast. There's so much to get into when you get into that rabbit hole. Um, me personally, I haven't gone all the way into it. What about the world fairs? Do you, either of you guys think that because the, the Tartarian theory is that world fair was a cover and that these buildings existed and there was all of these elaborate sort of architecture that existed. And then the, you know, the, they, they, they set up a world fair and then knocked it down and was like, Oh, it was just plaster of Paris. But that was a cover story for destroying the ancient civilization, you know, the remnants, this was Rome destroying Carthage and Phoenicia, right? Uh, where do, where are you guys at on that one? Um, you know, I look at it this way. It's like, okay, yeah, it is a lot to go all out for a fair, 
But then you look at like how long a lot of these fairs went on, you know, some of them went on for months. It wasn't just like your, your everyday small town fair that's in for maybe a week. Um, a lot of these were like six month stints, five months, eight months. Right, take um, a month just to get here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 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 that's and that's a lot of things, you know. And they they uh, they talk about oh they had lighting and they had all this stuff and yeah, of course they did. You know, like it wasn't it, the the evidence of lighting is is during a time where they had electricity um, to build these things. I think that. It's possible, especially if you're building facades, uh, if you're not necessarily building to last the test of time or to go through uh, different types of weather, uh, earthquakes, hurricanes, any type of thing like that. If it's mostly just building for the sake of having something that's a temporary structure, it's, it's easy with large workforces to get a lot of of work done like that all right so this is the this is the official story then that the world's fairs were made up of plaster paris temporarily and then taken back down and they weren't a cover story to knock down you know ancient stuff that was here before columbus i i look at it this way there's a lot of other architecture throughout the world that is still standing that is of the same type of architecture and that's not totally wiped out. It became tourist traps. So (laughs) if anything, America is a corporation and we've proven that through and through. If we were to encounter anything where it was like, Oh, look at these ancient buildings that we have. We're not going to tear them down. Hell yeah. (laughs) We're going to, we're going to turn that into an attraction bigger than Disney, bigger than, than any amusement park in this country. Okay, so so on that that particular note, because that's actually one of my biggest criticisms of I think ghosts and like paranormal events and stuff is that in this day and age, if anyone could get some sort of a conclusive proof of a phantasm or a poltergeist or whatever you want to call it, right? They would just turn it into like a live stream show and just make bank. They'd start selling ads for Hello Fresh and stuff, and and I mean, there's been a, f- a couple of fun movies about this kind of premise, but I kind of feel that same way. I'm just curious if like, because when I asked about ghosts, you both sound like you were around like a 10 or at least very high in those numbers. And of course, ghost is a very vague general concept. So where do you guys stand on that? And specifically, why do you think that nobody has like, you know, launched a YouTube career off of knowing how to summon demons and ghosts on like a live stream? Um. So that's a that's a fantastic question. It might sound like bullshit. My my 10 comes strictly from living in an extremely haunted house and I won't get into like all of the details, but I've like seen evidence of things that are unexplainable. And from researching into the paranormal like it doesn't work on your time. You 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 can't I'm of the opinion that you can't manipulate these sort of things to occur on a frequency that fits your narrative, that fits your timeline, fits your schedule, right? So you can't say I'm going to book these tours from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. and people are definitely going to see ghosts. Like you're, 
you're working with entities that exist outside of our realm. They exist outside of time, outside of our three-dimensional space. And in my opinion, there's nothing we can do to provoke them or have them show themselves to us, which is why it's hard to be like, I'm going to show you a ghost and here it is. Like it, it just sort of happens. And this isn't a, a science uh, podcast. So, and I, I didn't do the greatest in science or math. So we don't need to get super technical, but I'm just curious if let's say you're in a haunted house and you see an apparition in front of you, right? What do you think happens if someone takes out a, you know, a cell phone and starts recording it? Does it go away? Does it remain so only you can see it and like a camera can't see it? Like what what's happening in that sort of a scenario? I personally don't think that ghosts can be caught on camera. I so know you'd, that you'd be able to see it in real life and then yeah. try to videotape it and it just wouldn't it would be like a vampire in a mirror. Yeah. I think I think what it boils down to is perception. Like my whole thing when it comes to ghosts or poltergeists or anything like that is it's a stain of time. That's all it is. It's not the spirit of a dead person. It's not your, your loved one who's haunting your home. It's, it's nothing like that. I think it's a stain of time. It's uh it's like if you, you know, if, if you had somebody on video on loop, you know, which is why there's a lot of accounts of ghosts, doing the same thing, doing the same motions over and over and over again, because it's just somebody stuck in time. And I think your eyes perceive or have the ability to perceive these stains in time. Uh, your eyes have the ability to see a lot of different things, but we only see within a certain spectrum, as we all know. So I think those those little blips are just our ability, some people can see them better than others. Some people can't see them at all. Um, so I think it's it's really just a, a matter of perception and how you're seeing these things happen in front of you. Uh, with a camera, you, you know, it doesn't have that type of lens. It doesn't have the the ability to pick up whatever that light band is that your that your eyes have the ability to to pick up. Um, so I think when it comes to like cameras and stuff like that, maybe we're not getting the full story as, as it comes to ghosts, but I do think that your eyes can see more than a camera. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm curious, like if you think you, even if you set up like infrared and heat vision and, you know, HDR and just everything under the sun, is it like a different frequency that we're not hit? Like, cause if I can see a ghost in real life with my eyeballs, I assume that's because there's photons involved and there's something that's vibrating my optic nerve telling me which colors are out there, which are being blocked from all the reflections, which is basically how a camera kind of operates. But if the human eye can see something that, you know, like an image processor or like an, I guess that would be another question is like digital cameras and analog. Do you think it no difference? Like a ghost would be able to dodge both of those, like even a film camera. Regarding cameras, all I have to say is that um, every single time I've ever watched some sort of ghost investigating show, every time I've seen them film some sort of apparition, uh, excluding orbs, 
orbs i i would say is different um every single time i've seen them capture some sort of uh apparition i've called bullshit i i have said like openly i think that that's <laughs> bullshit and that's only because I've lived in a house where there was frequent activity for upwards of three years and not once did I or anybody else that lived in the house ever see some sort of shadow person or some sort of apparition, nothing like that. And keep in mind, we never set up cameras. We never checked for ourselves, but like with our own eyes, never anything like that. I I kind of think that whole apparition thing is a little bit of bullshit. Were you guys uh, on demons in particular like do you think it would be possible to uh, so so there's there's two versions of this let's go with like the most specific one which is you go and you find like an expert thalema crowley you know wizard person and he's like here's the formula you're gonna fast you're gonna eat these herbs like it's it's to the book right do you think that there's a very real possibility that you sit down with that guy and do the initiation ritual and everything on the right astrologically aligned dates and everything would you potentially like invoke an actual demonic or evil entity like you know like a possession or something do you think like you know how close to that to reality is it hmm. i don't think personally i've ever really thought of demons or what they could be um, I think demons kind of bring up the thought process of religion. And to me, religion is just like a, like a fur coat on like a pretty lady. It's like, you know, you're, you're covering up s- some sort of truth with something else. Um, so like the Bible, you know, a lot of people will like swear on the Bible. They're like, that is the word of God. That is, you know, okay. Yeah. It's, it's the word of God that's been translated fucking a thousand different times and 50 different languages and through the hands of countless amounts of people who have put their spin on it and their twist on it and what they want you to believe and what they think that it should say. But yeah, it's, the word of God. Um, so when it comes to like demons and stuff like that, like, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. If you're talking about maybe entities of some sort that are, that have nefarious kind of, uh, you know, things about them. Yeah. I mean, it's possible there's bad energy out there. There's shitty energy. Um, and can it manifest over a long enough period of time? I'm sure. Uh, can it take, can it have some sort of personification? Um, I, I couldn't tell you, but if, if a, if a feeling or, or an energy lasts enough, uh, through enough time, maybe it can replicate itself or maybe it can mimic what it sees around itself. And that's what becomes the worst parts of human beings. (laughs) Yeah. Putting, putting the word demon well, we could call it a daemon too. Like a, like a, yeah, a like a daemon would be a slightly less religious version, right? Like Solomon's seals yeah. and um like egregores and things like that. Yeah, putting putting the word demon uh it almost obviously you're leaning towards religion. 
And if that's what you believe, so be it. But like, there's definitely a yin and yang to the energies of the universe. And I do believe that there's good energy and bad energy, good entities, bad entities. And those things do exist. Those things do exist and they can manifest in our three dimensional realm. I'm almost convinced of it. I, it's, it's hard to believe otherwise almost. Do you think that they're at the heart of like these conspiracy theories? Do you think they're the ones running the show? Do you think that humans just access them and use them and make deals? Like, what do you think their role is? I think that almost gives people too much credit because there are really, really, really shitty people. Shitty people to the point where they're almost comparable to demons in the way that they maneuver. And, and the way that they think and the way that they feel like there are really terrible people out there that they're not demons. They're not possessed by demons. They just act well, like, like Ed Gain, you know? Yeah. 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 Ed Gain. I mean, that that brings into the nature versus nurture sort of uh, argument, you know, and nature versus nurture incorporating demons into the equation that that opens up a whole entire can of worms. I, I think there's people that are just born like that. I think there's people that are born good people that are influenced to be bad people. And I think that there's people that are born good people that are influenced to be bad people through other entities that exist outside of our ethereal realm, if that makes any sense. And uh, changing up a little bit, because it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to go too much farther without digging into some JFK. Cause you mentioned that, as one of your staples. And I want to ask you guys, if you think the JFK records are ever going to be released, like even outside of our light, like in the next hundred years, do you think they'll actually, the unredacted versions will be released? No, they won't be. They won't who do you be. think we, actually did it? Do you think we, um, Lee Harvey Oswald had his finger on a trigger at any point? No. I, not at all. He, he, he might have. I don't think he did. No? No. Nope. You think he was the good guy? You think he was just like a straight up patsy? Like didn't even know what was going on or what? I, I, I don't know about a good guy, but he, I, I 100% believe that Oswald never took a single shot. I don't think, I don't, I think he, especially with a lot of, a lot of JFK things that we've looked into, researched, I mean, we dive in, we've dove into it a lot, a lot of times and almost to the point of like saying like, maybe we should redo this episode, but uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to go on and there's so many conflicting stories, but like, there's a lot of things like that people don't know, like uh, eyewitness accounts that place Lee Harvey Oswald over by the, by, uh, by a fence, which was over by the grassy knoll. Uh, how can he be over there if he's going out of the book depository? Like, how does that happen? How can he be in two places at once? There's another uh, eyewitness account of him getting into a car, into the back of a car with another man uh, by the grassy knoll and driving away after the assassination. So how does that work? Um you know that brings into the whole the whole thing of like was there a doppelganger did they set this man up because they were able to find somebody who looked like him um and he was just like he was 
that's the guy. You know, he had these ties to to Russians, and he had this tie, these ties to his military career, and he had these distant ties to the mafia. And uh, there's there's just so much to go on, and a lot of it points to this guy just didn't know what the hell was going on. And I think that is ultimately what led to him being assassinated. Like, look at the the situation of that. You know, like, you're doing a prisoner transfer and you let literally every fucking news outlet know about it. And not only know about it, but gain access to where you're bringing him out. Uh, you know, like, where, what what's going on there? And then... So who actually did it? Uh, they say Jack Ruby, but eh. No, oh, oh, okay. what? What? Oh, what? The assassination? So is, is there? An, is there also a uh, Lee Harvey? Like Jack Ruby didn't shoot Lee Harvey Oswald? Uh, no, he no, definitely he shot him. He shot okay. definitely. Yeah, yeah. But 100%. then you look at the connections of like J- Jack Ruby. Like, look at his connections. He yeah. ran. He ran a club, and you know there was there was mob ties there, and that's a little suspicious in itself. So, like, does it point to the mafia being involved? Does it point, to, you know, lead back to maybe Jimmy Hoffa? You know, I have this theory that Jimmy Hoffa during those trials was like he went to a point man. He said, "Take out JFK, and or, or take out Kennedy," and they took out the wrong Kennedy. I think that they they originally wanted to go for Robert Kennedy. I think that's what that was all about because if you if you look back on that, you know, Robert Kennedy was was going against the Teamsters and he was going after after Hoffa and that led back to the mafia. That's that's target number 1. Why would JFK be the target of the mafia at that point? Uh, only, if if only to say okay, your brother died. Maybe that pulls him away from the case. Maybe he's he stops doing that at that point. But if you're willing to assassinate the United States president, why not just assassinate a senator or or a, you know a, a, an attorney general at that point? Make it well, easier. That doesn't fit the King Kill ritual, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah if you want to roll back into rituals, <laughs> I just want to throw out there. I don't know who killed JFK either, but but I think there's a very strong thread on George Day Morinschild, who was the liaison when um, Lee Harvey Oswald and Marina Oswald moved into town. And he was like, oh, you're Russian? You know, I'm Russian. But he also knew Jackie Kennedy when she was just a girl. Like, he knew the family. And he worked directly with the CIA on a lot of things. He went over to Haiti as like an, an oil inspector uh, to do, you know, like land surveys and stuff. But it was, it very much seems like it was all just CIA cover work for uncovering stuff that was going on in, in Haiti at the time. But uh, he was like smack dab in the middle of that thing. And he made sure that he put himself in Haiti while it was going down and was like, mm. oh, everyone see where I'm at now. I'm in Haiti. I yeah, couldn't have been yeah. part of this. You know, There's the alibi. <laughs> yeah. yeah no it's and and that right there it, you know just looking at all of it th- that's why it's the greatest conspiracy theory of all time you could put anything else up against it but like look at where we're all looking it's in 25 different directions you know you could say it's the cia you could say it's the mafia you could say it's x y and z but you don't know and it's and it's all intertwined and it's all 
it's just it's such a it's such a jumble of a conspiracy that I mean to, to speak on on your question earlier, I think they'll they'll release they'll probably release it in a hundred years. You know, when yeah. anybody who who has a thought about JFK or has has an inkling about the conspiracy theory is all dead and gone, that's when they're going to say, "Oh, by the way, remember that guy from 150 years ago that got assassinated?" You know, it's like it's like if they came out today and they and they said, "Oh, well, Abe Lincoln was actually assassinated by this guy." You wouldn't give two shits. You'd say, "Oh, wow, all my history was wrong," but then you'd move on like nothing ever happened. Whereas if you were to release that today, oh, Oswald was not the shooter. It was actually this person. Well, okay. We still have people that alive that were a part of that. We still have people that were involved in that situation. We still have a ton of conspiracy theorists that have been chasing down this answer. So it's like, you know, wait, wait some time. They'll all be gone and they won't care anymore. And I also always look at JFK was like, at least, you know, our our parents' big conspiracy theory where everyone was, you remember exactly where you were when, you know, JFK was shot. And I think that's where the 9-11 one came. That was like the new generation's version of a JFK. And it also, I think, turned into this JFK erupted in the conspiracy theorists versus the non-conspiracy theorists, the pro-Warren report versus, hey, this is fucky, right? And then 9-11 kind of evoked that, like, truther movement. So, like, these huge conspiracies it always feels like a little glitch or something where more people kind of like hop on board i guess and uh at least in in my experience i've never seen somebody jump jump onto the conspiracy theory train um after one of those big events and then like jump back off of it sometimes you'll have people that like get onto the ancient alien stuff or they'll get onto uh gamatria or celebrity clones and then jump back off of it but when it's these big like once someone's convinced that the JFK assassination official story wasn't real, it doesn't seem very often they walk back from that. It's like a gateway drug, right? And it starts getting deeper and deeper into these rabbit holes. Uh, have have either of you guys like been at the brink of a particular rabbit hole and you're just like, I don't even want to get into it. I don't even want to know if it's if it's real or not. I'll just assume that it's real or I'll just assume that it's not. Simulation theory. <laughs> simulation theory yep it's simulation theory it's it, i think that's the number one answer it has to be it has that's to the be. ultimate that's the ultimate conspiracy in my opinion that is like the creme de la creme of of conspiracies because all conspiracies exist within it if that's the case you know it's all code <laughs> What do you think that, like, when you were talking before about good entities and bad entities, we don't have to call them angels and demons or anything, but, you know, these egregores, these thought forms, these whatever the hell you want to refer to them as, does that go out the window if this is simulation theory? Like, do do all of us go out the window and it's just you that's the brain in the vat? I don't think so. I mean, like, look at your computer. There's There's viruses and there's antivirus firmware. You know, there's there's Pop-ups. the good and the bad. There is the good and the bad, even in code. I I wouldn't say it all goes out the window taking simulation theory into regard. Is there bad and good in code? Because I, I guess I see like computer code as being truly agnostic and and like bipartisan. 
right? It's just it's just magnets flipping themselves on and off. It's really the humans that are doing stuff with it that make it good or bad. Or do you do you think yeah. there's like a ghost the machine aspect where you know, like, could I upload like all of the horrible Alistair Crowley incantations and like the frazzled drip transcript? And like, would that, you know, actually be like an evil entity out in digital space? Well, think of feeding that into a super advanced AI. Yeah. Once, and it was like, once oh, I remember this. This is where I trained on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A, a sentient AI. I mean, at that point, it kind of has the choice to become good or bad. Where That's, are you guys at on AI? It's scary as all hell. It's it's scary. It can be used for good, and I'd like to think that it will be. But yeah, on it, on a range from Elon Musk to Sarah Connor, where are you guys at? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it'll. And and this is this is God honest. I, I realistically think that. AI is the beginning of the end of us. Like everybody sees it as like, oh yeah, chat GPT, it makes it makes it so much easier to write a resume and all this other stuff. But at the same time, like you're not looking at the big picture of it. You're looking at what they have now. Now imagine what they have in 10 years. Now imagine what they have in 20 years. Now imagine what AI can do when you've essentially just turned off the safety precautions because somebody will do it. It's just human nature. You're never going to find, nobody is ever going to be a hundred percent on that page where they're going to say, you know what? AI, we're always going to put these safeguards in and it's, they're never going to be able to turn on us. It's number, you know, it's like Asimov's law. Like they're never going to be able to turn on us. They're always going to see us as their masters. No, no. There is That's, always going to be that one person that all of a sudden is going to say, you know what? Let's see what happens. Yeah, let's comment this one little line out, this little yeah, if statement. That's it. <laughs> but what if it's not the beginning of the end and it's just the beginning of the beginning? What if we're only living because AI gave us a beginning? This So this is the beginning of the simulation. Or we're midway through and there's god knows how many more you know <laughs> ai could be the beginning of the beginning what if this life ends and then purgatory is just like pop-up ads for a thousand <sighs> years that's, one could only hope that sounds terrible and you just spend all your time trying to x out of them <laughs> <laughs> no, no. limewire i don't want that <laughs> Stop so if, it, McAfee. <laughs> if we're living in a in a simulation, is it close to like Matrix style? Do you think we've got human bodies out there somewhere and we're like linked into a big thing? Or like do we even have physical bodies at all? Or we're just kind of like, you know, vibrations floating around? I think we're AI. I don't think we have physical bodies. If it's it's way more wholesome to think that we do have bodies somewhere out out there. Like that's a like little avatar bit style. Comforting. Yeah, it's it's comforting, but probably not. Is it comforting though? Yeah, it is. It is thinking that there's a physical me, maybe outside. Would of you this, assume that it's the one that you're envisioning still though? Like it would be a no, probably copy. not. It's probably like a gross worm thing covered like in blob, green blob sludge. <laughs> 
So I, I got one other question and I'm such an idiot. I'm always supposed to ask this question first because it can help direct where all the questions are going to go. So let's just pretend that I asked this when we first started. All right. Mike and Slick, are you cops? Because if you guys are cops, you have to tell me. You're not allowed to lie about that. It's law. Is it really a law, though? It is a law. I don't think it's a law. If, if you I ask directly, you. if you ask directly, you have to tell me you're a cop. <laughs> you're you're both dodging the question. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, well, just no. We're let not the cops. records indicate that Mike and Slick took a very I'm, long time to deny yeah, that they were cops. No, I'm I'm not I'm not a I'm not a fan of cops. So, <laughs> are you a are you a thin blue line? Are you an A cab? Are you somewhere in the middle? Uh, no, I'm definitely not an A cab. I'm definitely not a thin blue line. Um, in the middle is is a nice place to be. I think. Um, uh, not all cops are bad. I think all cops are insufficiently trained um, to deal with a lot of situations. I think their first their first uh, amendment is if you run into something that feels threatening, just pull out your gun and shoot at it until you can't see it anymore. Um, but at the same time, America. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, I think I think a lot of a lot of issues with with cops have to do with uh, with bad training, and I also think that you know at least at least as far as like our local law enforcement, they don't go through like psychological, you know, like tests. So it's it's not like they ask you all these questions and you go through all these things to kind of figure out where you are in the world as you know as your brain is developing. They're and not therapists, dude. They're not therapists. They're cops. But either either way, not even not even them being therapists, just to see where the actual officer is, to see where that person is as they're coming into a position of power in a in in a position where they know that nine times out of ten if they do something wrong that they're going to be backed by other police officers or they're going to be backed by the department or they're going to be backed by you know the the thin blue line people so i think there there is a, a severe lack of kind of delving into that person and saying okay were you the bully in high school like were you the quarterback who got everything they ever wanted and now you're going to become a cop and you're going to go get you know forearm tattoos and buff yourself out and go home and beat your wife because you don't know how to deal with stresses of work like it, it, there's just so many things that I think when it comes to when it comes to police, like they don't look into that. They don't they don't. It's just like, OK, well, you got a bachelor's degree. You 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 know about the laws. So here's a gun. Here's a here's a car. Go out there and do it. Um, all cops are not bad, but all cops are also not fucking heroes. A-C-A-B-A cab, A-C-A-B-A cab, A-C-A-B-A cab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not a convenient acronym for that one. Where where are you at on oh like uh, capitalism, anarchy, communism? Do you guys fall into like a, a certain favorite flavor? I think people should have their own land and just do their own thing. Like fuck capitalism, fuck communism, fuck anarchy. Like people <laughs> should just be able to do their own thing. Fuck Walmart, especially. 
like all, all the grocery stores, all that, like people should just be self-sufficient, independent, be able to do their own thing without rules and regulations. Uh, that's, that's my stance. Unfortunately, that's impossible in the world that we live in. Yeah, what if you just want to podcast all day and you don't want to like pull on the cow's udders to get yourself some milk and you just want to podcast? Then well, you milk is starve. gross. <laughs> so you got it. You got it. You can do that. <laughs> I mean, you just you just end up starving. That's all it is, you know. Yeah, that is. It would just they'll all be just starving podcasts. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, the you, vegan, you, you, the you, vegan podcast where we just eat carrots until we starve to death. What were the, the sun gazers? If you just stare at the sun for long enough, you can absorb energy directly from outer space, and yeah, you don't have to eat diet. anything. Yeah, <laughs> the solar diet, photosynthesis. <laughs> I have, so, I'm also in the same vein that we should just be self sufficient. Barter system works great. As long as everybody involved is getting something out of it, barter system works great. And I'm sorry, if you come onto my land and you're ready to barter and then you try to back out of that deal or try to rob me, you're getting shot. That's it. <laughs> I mean, simple as simple. Why Why involve the government? Why involve uh, law enforcement? Let's just, you know, it's between you and I. Yeah, but then like, what happens if we get rid of HOAs? Everyone's lawn will get all overgrown and stuff. I don't like I know. that. Imagine all those people coloring Cat- their front door whatever the color they want <laughs> castle doctor meets hoa i kind of like i like that idea it's it's amazing to me that hoas even still exist it's wild that people just like get into those situations willingly it's very weird so i wanted to ask you uh, sort of tying it back to where we started out and pulling into the jfk too because jfk was my first introduction to jolly west um, Dr. Lewis Joyton West. And I'm curious, I can't remember exactly what video clip that I saw from you guys. And it was like a whole little acted out kind of skit. Like, what was that from? Are you making more? Like, what was the inspiration for that skit? Can you tell me the name of it in case someone wants to search it and I can post a link to it? What, what, what skit are you talking about? Cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. I, I it, it was about uh, Dr. Jolly West and there was like some time travel aspect to it. And like you guys were like together and like acting it out. And I think you had like <laughs> costumes on and shit. Oh, no, that wasn't us. There's I'm telling no you, I'm telling you for sure it was. There's no way. Are you okay, on I, a different... I, I, you're I'll in have a different to find, timeline. <laughs> I'll have to find the link and, and post it to you. Sw- yes, please do. Please okay. do. <laughs> I know I know we've talked about Jolly West, but we've we've hardly gotten into costume besides like wearing birthday hats. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> For a birthday episode, I assume. Yeah, something yep. like that. Yeah, it was a it was a I think that was at our two year anniversary. Two year anniversary. Yeah, show. yeah. I think yeah. I think we wore birthday hats and that was about it. So is that the three year anniversary's birthday hats again, or are you guys gonna raise the stakes a little bit? <sighs> Yeah, we're thinking like fireworks show. Yeah, um, you know, I'll probably have candles coming out of my nose, something like <laughs> that. We we did a Halloween episode, and I, I I it's funny because we got a ton of shit for it. Um, we we kind of wore things, you know, like it was Halloween, whatever. Uh, and I uh, I was wearing devil horns, you know, just like little ones you 
put on top of your head. And just, I remember <clears throat> people just commenting like, what's with the devil horns? Are you, are you, are you Satanists? Are you, you, you all about that evil, you know, you know, cause everybody has to equate something innocuous to just, yeah. And that's when you're like, you know, religion's kind of like a like a mink coat that you put yeah, on, and it's like a facade. And, that's it. And <laughs> how long do you have? To, here, take a seat really quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, funny story. Completely off topic. Um, it, I lived in San Diego a while back, and there was this woman that came up to me. I was sitting at a bus stop. And uh, she came up to me and she was like, you know, oh, take this pamphlet about Jesus. And I talked to her for maybe two hours sitting at that bus stop and made her question the very existence of her life and the God that she believed in. It was a terrible thing, um, but I could not stop myself because she was so adamant about saving me. Um, yeah, it was really, really messed was up. Was this a, a chick track? <laughs> What's that? If, was, if, it a, was it a chick track? <laughs> no, no. If there's a hell, you're going. Oh, yeah, you're going. Yeah. I, I'm okay with that. If <laughs> yeah, it is. What How it long is. do you think it would last for? If if there if you really did show up and there was hell, would you be like, well, this is it forever? Or do you think that there's like a time limit? Like you just go and time out for a little bit. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, don't they don't they say that God always forgives or something? You know. <laughs> I don't know about once you go into hell. You I was I mean, great. This great movie when last night. I'm I'm just throwing it out there. Great movie. Watched it last night. It's on Hulu. It's called The Devil Conspiracy. <laughs> yes. And it's about this this uh, futuristic tech company, and they they specialize in cloning, and they took artifacts from the vatican and uh the the shawl the shawl that christ wore the shroud of was, yeah yeah the, <laughs> the shroud that christ wore while he was being crucified they took the blood of christ and uh made eggs out of it and pumped it into women and then they inoculated it with satan but they they make okay. eggs out of it they, yeah, they made eggs out of Christ's blood. So they so they changed Christ's gender in the process. On top of that, the, the well, they they, they they made they made Christ non-binary by making him an egg, technically. Right. But yeah, yeah, they made Christ an egg. They put it into a woman. They inoculated it with Satan, so it's that the Satan agenda. could rise up from the underworld. Check how that they shit get, out. How do they get Satan's semen? Was there like? the lowest guy on the totem pole dude it, it was weird they had like some castle up on a mountain and the castle had like a cage that dropped down into hell and satan like crawled in through the lady's mouth the satan's and dick just uterus. starts popping up through the flames <laughs> some how tenacious think, shit how big do you think satan's dick would be if it, if it entered oh, the physical realm massive. no you probably, probably like Three and a half inches hard. Three okay, so he's, he's backing. He's backing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. What if no matter what, whoever he was comparing his dick to, his was always like one inch bigger. <laughs> yeah. Like no matter what. That feels like that would kind of, you know, if you if you like ruled the physical realm, you could do stuff yeah. like that. Like, oh, Mandingo has a 13 inch dick. 
Well, mine's 14. <laughs> Are you measuring from the taint or from the from the shaft? You always measure from the shaft. Oh, I, I measure from the ground to the tip. <laughs> oh, <laughs> said, my God. You said three inches, right? <laughs> so I want to just suggest oh, that maybe for the uh, the the third birthday anniversary, we try to summon Satan's penis and just see what goes on from there. Bro, if we, we if we were successful, think about the ad revenue. That sounds oh, really yeah. dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, these Hyundai's aren't going to sell themselves, though, my friends. It's it's like you said. Oh yeah, Toyotathon. Um, it's <laughs> it's like it's like you said. You know, like if 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 God exists and there is a hell, then I'm going to hell. So if we summon Satan's dick, uh, we can make some sort of deal where I would you know, at least live the rest of my mortal coil pretty comfortably. <laughs> and a Toyota Camry. Um, and a, to- a Toyota Thon. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll ask for a Toyota dealership. I can be the Toyota guy. Um yeah. You show I mean, up I mean, in I mean, hell no like it. here's your here's your Avalon. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. Great job. <laughs> so I want to give you guys a chance to tell people where to uh, to find you again and any other shows that you want them to tune into. Just uh, drop them. For sure. Uh, yeah. Hush Hush Society, Conspiracy Hour. It's, it's a mouthful, but we're the only ones. So if you Google us, you'll find all of our stuff. You can also go to HushHushSociety.com. Very, very easy to find us on there. We're on all the socials. The new X. Find us on the X. Um, and yeah, just, we, we got a great, ca- <laughs> we got a great catalog, uh, a lot of stuff that you can get into, uh, leave us a review, check us out. And yeah, we have round tables coming out very soon. Hopefully, uh, paranoid American is on one. We are, uh, we're all together on these round tables. It includes a lot of great podcasters. Uh, we're taking on different topics. What do we do? We got a Adrenochrome, dinosaurs aren't real, and a secret, secret space, space program. program. Yeah. yeah. So uh, definitely check that out and you know, check out all the shows that are attached to it. Oh, yeah. I'll post if any of those are out by the time I drop this. Check the links below for those conspiracy theory roundtable sessions. Those are going to be awesome. And I hope we keep those going. They're like very focused topics and different people have different perspectives on it. I think it's a cool format. Yeah, that that's kind of the idea that we had when we jumped into it. Like this is our second round of roundtables. Um, and when we first got into it, we said, let's get as many podcasters within our realm and a little bit outside of our realm to come onto these topics, give their two cents. And obviously like we broke up you know, we're, we're a trio. We went on three different roundtables. So it, it brings up this whole, uh, you know, the idea that you're communicating and having these conversations with people that you don't normally have these conversations with on a, on a daily basis or a regular basis, episode to episode. So it's nice. You get a, you know, you get definitely a, a, a different worldview from all these different voices and we got really great people involved and, um, pretty much everybody that's ever been on them. We, we, we fuck with, so <laughs> we like everybody. So it's a good group. I wonder if we could sneak in and get like some, you know, professor or like, you know, like a Neil deGrasse Tyson from wish.com or something. 
But you just get like four podcasters together and you just say like, hey, collectively, we've got, you know, two point whatever million yep. uh, listens or whatever. It just gives you that gravitas. Yeah, and exactly. Maybe we can get like, you know, some. We'll get someone three different. At the, yeah, you get three different like Natural Museum of History people. And then you're just like, all right, dinosaurs aren't real. Prove it. Like, I just want to I want to be Dude. in the room for some of those, man. We need to make that happen. That's the goal for Roundtable 3. I think we should yeah. we, we should shoot for that. Bring in some sort of expert. Yeah, uh, an dude, expert you, on each on each subject. You hire yeah. some professional actor on Fiverr that like can play the role <laughs> and just have them be like the agent, right? Let's do that, yeah. man. I'm I'm down. Like we'll 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 like catfish some experts out there <laughs> to a conspiracy theory roundtable. They won't realize it until they see the intro video playing. It's got reptilians and shit in it. Yeah, exactly. Then it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> You just see them all dropping off. <laughs> if you drop off, we're going to badmouth you on social media. <laughs> all right, man. Well, um, Mike, Slick, uh, Hush Hush Society, thank you guys for coming around. We're definitely going to collaborate on some more stuff soon, roundtables and other fun things. I think we were spitballing some ideas on like maybe some audio drama type stuff too. So yeah, more, more of that stuff. to come soon. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. Thanks very much for having us on. It's always a blast talking to you. Yeah. All right, guys. And then uh, just a reminder that if you're not paranoid, you're not paying attention. Thank you, guys. This has been another episode of Paranoid American Podcast. Now check out the damn homunculus commercial that I'm going to throw at you right now. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.